this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. My name is Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Tuesday, May 25th in the 13-game featured slate taking place past 7 p.m. on DraftKings. As always, this video is brought to you by Prize Picks, and that's exactly where we are going to start. I want to remind you guys that if you head on over to Prize Picks right now, and use the promo code MMNMLB, you will have your first deposit matched up to $100. So make sure you go and do that, and then ponder these plays. These are the leans that I have for Tuesday's slate. We begin with Jose Ramirez, someone we haven't really talked about a lot in these videos to this point in the season. However, he is obviously someone who warrants discussion. Uh, Ramirez, after a couple slow weeks to begin the 2021 season, has been hitting exactly like you would expect Jose Ramirez to hit. He's been stealing bases. He's basically been the only offensive contributor, consistent offensive contributor for Cleveland so far in 2021. And he gets arguably the best possible matchup any hitter could get in 2021 on Tuesday in Tarek Skubal, who's been struggling immensely for Detroit. We'll get into his very bad numbers a little bit later but let's focus on Ramirez for this particular prop the over under for fantasy points on Tuesday on prize picks is set for eight and a half I like the over and again Scooble has just been terrible so far this season whether you want to go by his expected statistics his service statistics or the amount of barrels he is allowing to opposing hitters 20 the most of any qualified pitcher in all of baseball so far this season. But Ramirez, since the beginning of May, has a 314 isolated power, a 396 Woba, and a 154 WRC+. It really doesn't matter necessarily that he has a great matchup. Ramirez is someone who could easily get over 8.5 fantasy points, even in a poor matchup. But the fact that he has a good matchup is not something we are going to discount. Uh, we're going to take advantage of it. And I think he goes over this number on Tuesday. The other over I like, little bit of a different scenario. Uh, we're going with a very talented hitter in Christian Yelich. I think this is just an opportunity to maybe buy low on Yelich. Um, you know, he got an off day on Monday, scheduled off day. He's, he's fine. The back is fine. And it seems like he's about ready to break out. He's on the precipice of breaking out. His last game on Sunday... He had two hits in that contest. One of them was his first home run of 2021. And even though it took him that long to get a home run, he's still been good in the limited sample we've seen, specifically against right-handed pitching. Uh, in 49 plate appearances this season against right-handed pitching, Christian Yelich has a 137 WRC+. Now, this is not as this is not a Tarek Skubal situation when it comes to his matchup. Uh, he draws Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres. Musgrove has been very good so far this season, though his expected ERA is about a run higher than his actual ERA. The thing I really like about this matchup, aside from just the fact that I think Yelich can clear five and a half fantasy points on pretty much any night he's healthy, especially in a right-on-left matchup, but all the damage that has been done against Joe Musgrove in 2021 has been by left-handed bats. Five of the six home runs he's allowed have come off of left-handed bats. It's just the preferred split when you're looking to attack Joe Musgrove. And Look, I don't want a Brewers stack on Tuesday. That's not something I'm going to suggest 
over on DraftKings, but on prize picks with this prop set so low. Again, five and a half fantasy points for Christian Yelich, the former National League MVP who's now healthy. Uh, I think he can go over this in an opposite hand matchup against someone who has had his issues with left-handed bats this season and in the past. So Yelich over five and a half. I also like Jose Ramirez over eight and a half. Let us move to that 13-game featured slate on DraftKings. Things get kicked off at 7.05 p.m. Eastern. Obviously, we can't break down every single aspect of a slate this big, but here's what jumped out to me on my first look. First and foremost, jumping back into that Brewers game, that Brewers-Padres game, Corbin Burns is mispriced in this game. I mean, I'm just going to be blunt. He's $9,100. There's no discernible reason why Corbin Burns should ever be less than $10,000. I know there's some really, really good pitchers at the top end of this slate. I know we get Jacob DeGrom back on Tuesday, and his salary is absolutely insane against a Rockies team that cannot hit away from Coors Field. So there's reasons why his salary is slightly depressed, but this is the second lowest price point he's been all season. And the first time he was this low, it was the first game of 2021 when he hadn't really proven himself despite his status in redraft formats. Um, Look, Corbin Burns threw 40 in a third innings has a 1.79 ERA. He's got a 1.29 expected ERA, and his FIP is 0.84. He has struck out 44.7% of the opposing batters he has faced so far this season. And as we saw with Brandon Woodruff on Monday, this San Diego offense is coming alive. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. has been incredible since coming off the COVID list, but they're susceptible, just like anyone else, to elite right-handed pitching, and that's exactly what Corbin Burns is. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and say, this is a great matchup, San Diego's terrible, they can't hit. That's not the case. San Diego is not necessarily a team you want to be using a pitcher against under most circumstances, but Corbin Burns isn't most pitchers. He is someone who has struck out at least nine batters in every single start he's made so far this season. His fantasy upside is unmatched. It's unmatched. It just is. No one has the sort of strikeout potential that Corbin Burns brings to the table. And if you're ever going to get him for less than $10,000, that is, it's just a blind, it's just a blind in. You're, you're just in on someone like that if he's ever got any bit of value in his salary. And that's what we find on Tuesday. Because, like I said, he should just be $10,000 at the very least. So 9-1 is an opportunity to buy. Uh, the other pitcher who stood out to me on this slate, also just too cheap. I, I don't really understand it. Kevin Gosman, $7,200. Have people been watching Kevin Gosman pitch? Do we just ignore the Giants? I'm not quite sure what's going on here. Kevin Gosman has been among the best pitchers in baseball so far this season. Really, aside from one bad start where he gave up five earned runs, he has been near perfect in 2021. His last six starts, .90 ERA. It's a span where he has not given up more than one earned run in any of those six outings. His FIP, 2.03, so a little bit higher, but still an incredible FIP in the grand scheme of things. And opponents only have a .202 WOBA in those six starts against Kevin Gosman. Uh, 32.2% strikeout rate also within that span of time. The best part about this is 
Gosman draws the Arizona Diamondbacks, really the unlucky Arizona Diamondbacks. They've been dealing with so many injuries so far this season. They do have Cattell Marte back. That's nice. But this is a team that throughout May has been among the worst in all of baseball. In fact, coming into Monday in the month of May, they had a 74 WRC+. plus. That was the third worst mark in all of baseball. The second worst mark in the entire National League. The only team worse being the Pittsburgh Pirates. Exactly who you would expect to be at the bottom of the barrel when it came to WRC Plus in the 2021 season. So, great matchup for Gosman. Incredible run of success that he's had in recent starts. And it's not like it's just, oh, he's he's a run suppression guy. He's keeping them off the board. 32.2% strikeout rate. That is an elite strikeout rate. So he checks every box. And again, he he should probably be $9,100 if Burns is going to be over 10000 So I just don't really know where the pricing is. Sometimes we do see this on slates this large. Guys just kind of fall through the cracks. But Gosman is on an incredible six-start run, and I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to be the team that brings that to an end. Okay, let's talk about some stacks on this 13-game slate. And we already talked about Scooball. I talk a lot about Scooball in these videos. I think anytime we get him on a slate, it's an opportune time to stack against him. Now, Cleveland is not a good offensive team, and they've struggled immensely with left-handed pitching so far in 2021. So there's not a ton of obvious names, aside from Jose Ramirez, that you're really drawn to on this roster, especially considering Fran Mel Reyes is on the IL. That is, without question, their second-best bat. So they're... It's not a great situation. I don't think this is a, is a spot where I'm looking to stack four or five Cleveland bats. I think I'm condensing it to these three names. So you have Jose Ramirez, who's incredibly expensive, as he should be. And then you've got some value opportunities. Ahmed Rosario has actually had a, a sneaky good season against left-handed pitching in 2021. In 64 plate appearances, 62 plate appearances, excuse me, uh, he has a 140 WRC+. plus within the split, and the last time Cleveland faced a left-handed pitcher, Rosario hit second. If that happens again on Tuesday, he is an immense value at 3800 especially considering shortstop is not generally a position where you have a lot of value, uh, obvious value, on a slate. So I like Rosario a lot. Uh, Jordan Luplo is another name to look at. I think anyone who's played DFS the last couple seasons understands what Luplo is. He is someone who, throughout his career, has crushed left-handed pitching. He is a platoon bat through and through. Uh, for his career, a 308 isolated power against Southpaws. Uh, he hit cleanup in that last aforementioned game against a Southpaw for Cleveland. So there's a chance that you could get the two, three, and four hitters in Cleveland's lineup at a relatively low cost. Again, Ramirez is 5'7, but Rosario is 3'8. And Luplo is 3-5. So it all kind of evens out in the wash. And and again, Scooball's just bad. 20 barrels so far this season. That's the most of any pitcher in baseball. 11.6% of his plate appearances have ended in an opponent barrel. To put that in perspective, the next worst qualified pitcher in baseball is at 8.6% of his plate appearances ending in a barrel. So far and away, the worst pitcher in baseball so far this season. And and Detroit's bullpen is also terrible. So really, there's a lot of opportunity for the the center of Cleveland's batting order to do some damage on Tuesday. Someone who actually checks in just under uh, Tarek Skubal, 
when it comes to barrels allowed per plate appearance is Dean Kremer, uh, who's actually allowing a barrel in 8.5% of his plate appearances so far this season. That's the third highest rate among qualified pitchers. Kremer's going up against Minnesota. Minnesota should just tee off here. Their offense has been heating up anyway as of late. Um, and Kremer has, I mean, he struggled in general, let's be honest. He's pitched 34 innings, has a 6.24 FIP, uh, 2.65 home runs per nine allowed among pitchers who have thrown 30 innings so far this season. That is the third highest total uh, in terms of home runs per nine. So very susceptible to the long ball, very susceptible to the big inning, specifically susceptible against left-handed bats. Uh, lefties have 3.21 home runs per nine against him so far this season and a 4.09 Wobo. So you want to get as many left-handed bats into a lineup as you can against Baltimore on Tuesday. And because of injuries and just because of how many left-handed bats they have in the system, there are tons of guys in possible value situations. And also with with injuries right now to Jorge Polanco and to Nelson Cruz, it's, it's unclear whether or not those guys are going to be available to be in the lineup on Tuesday. A lot of these cheap left-handed bats on the Twins are hitting in premium lineup positions. So if you want to get Alex Kirillov in there at $4,000, Max Kepler, I know he's also day-to-day, but he's just $3,900. Uh, Nick Gordon just got called up from the minors. Uh, he's $3,400. Luis Arias, I think, is one of my favorite plays. He's not going to be someone who hits a home run off of Kremer. That's just not what his game is. But he's just $3,200. He's hitting leadoff. He's someone who, for his career, is hitting like 340 against right-handed pitching. And he might get five plate appearances in this game. And much like Detroit, Baltimore's bullpen is terrible. So it's going to be a full-game opportunity to get fantasy points. So those are two stacks where you're really not paying that much of a premium. Even Josh Donaldson is only $4,100. I know he's not left-handed, but like he's probably the Twins' best remaining healthy hitter. And he's just $4,100 in this great matchup. So both are pretty cost-effective stacks, which is nice if you do want to use Corbin Burns at 9100 or if you do want to pay up and use the Jacob deGroms of the world, which, you know, you're probably going to want a little bit of exposure to Jacob deGrom on this slate. Okay, let's round things out with some bets, and uh, we're going to stick with Cleveland. Uh, I just think, even though they're on the road, the money line is a little shallow here. They're just minus 139 on the money line. Cleveland's just a better team than the Tigers. I understand that coming into Monday, the Tigers had won six of their last 10 games. Maybe that's the reason this line is a little shallow, but it's Aaron Savale against Tarek Skubal. Savale has a 3.68 expected ERA for the season. Skubal has a 6.47 expected ERA, so almost double. He's just a much better pitcher. And when it comes to bullpens, Detroit has the highest bullpen ERA in the American League, Cleveland has the lowest. So I just think the pitching is an overwhelming positive in this matchup for Cleveland, and I do think they win this game on Tuesday. So minus 139 seems like a pretty low price point to jump in on that money line. Uh, one more money line I like. This one's a, it, it's a tough game. I'm, it's more of a lean than I'm positive that the Cardinals are going to beat um, the White Sox on Tuesday, but I'll say this. St. Louis on the money line is plus 123, despite the fact that coming into Monday, the White Sox had dropped four of their last five games. They're not exactly playing the best baseball we've ever seen, and, you know, they're an injured team. They're still missing some of their major bats in that lineup. 
This is a great pitching matchup. It's Jack Flaherty against Lucas Giolito. So one ace could show up, one ace might not show up, and that's going to really determine the outcome of this game. However, the Cardinals are, again, plus money, plus 123 to win this game. They are 9-0 and so far this season in games started by Jack Flaherty. Maybe that's a simple way to look at this, but they've yet to lose when Jack Flaherty starts a game, and you can bet them at plus money. So I'm going to take the bait. It, it's... If they were favored here, maybe I lean Chicago. But the fact that they're the underdog, the fact they haven't lost with Flaherty starting a game, I'm going to jump in. So I'll take the Cardinals plus 123 on the money line and Cleveland minus 139 on the money line. And that's all in the DraftKings Sportsbook. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. Make sure to check out all the videos, all the great content here on the Mayo Media Network. And I will see you guys next time.